five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Vancouver Titans of Toronto Defiant. I am Chris at Lightforce, back in the saddle, joining Omni, as always, at Omni Strife. Oh, welcome, Omni. What? Where, where's Jordan? Where's Where's Sam? Where's Bumper? What the hell is going on? Well, wouldn't it be cool if like, we had Bumper fill in <laughs> as a, like a host while I was gone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd need uh, to bring Mike, too, if that was the case. Well, I mean, you know, let's be real. Bumper did try to, to communicate in English. He was the one player who we had to almost insist it's okay to, to speak in Korean when we interviewed the Titans. Yeah, his his English was way better than our Korean, so. Very much so. Uh, but no, uh, Jordan uh, filled in admirably. In fact, I had uh, sent you a note after the first show and having listened to it to think like, well, I've been replaced. It's the Jordan <laughs> Omni show. Yeah, well, I guess we have to go back to the regular format now. Well, I mean, if it was the regular format, Sam would be here chiming in talking about basketball oh, and the Soul yeah. Dynasty. Yeah, well, you know, the the world has gone to, yeah, we have to adapt and persevere. True, true. <laughs> so, but it is good to be back and to, to hear your voice again. I had uh, gone on a, a quick trip with family and then uh, moved. So I'm in the new place now. It's kind of funky. Um, awesome. I kind of have things set up. I played my first Overwatch here in the, the new place. I, you know. How did it go? No, I was playing Mystery Heroes, as you know, I always mm. do. And um, I didn't do too well. I It's like. <laughs> I, it, it's weird. I don't know if maybe the distance to my monitor and my face is, you know, changed or it's the acoustics of the lighting, but like, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. You got to get used to it. It's like getting a new mouse. Pretty much, pretty much a new mouse uh, with a, you know, DPI difference and, and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're here to talk a little bit about uh, the overwatch league. Uh, unfortunately, uh, not a whole lot to do with the Vancouver Titans and Toronto defiant. Um, I did get to see a little bit of the defiant action uh, when I was uh, away and in that. And I both am, games or which one? I did. I okay. I saw the I saw the Boston Uprising mm-hmm. match. I didn't get a chance to see the most of the uh, San Francisco Shock match, uh, but I thought uh, you and Jordan um, broke it down you know, quite succinctly. Like that San Francisco Shock match was a lot closer in those first two maps than a right. score would would suggest. So again, I mean. I'm here to go in and give you my two bits before we've even gotten to push the payload. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit what's going on in the world of Vancouver and Toronto uh, before we talk a little bit about the playoffs. But what's a little bit unique, and I'm going to let this cat right out of the bag early, is that the playoffs start on September 21st. Now, what's so important about that uh, day? Well, normally, you and I get together and we record a show on Tuesday nights. And guess what? September 21st is a Tuesday. Yeah. So that's, that's problematic. Like, do we record a show while the matches are going on? Mm, that won't be very effective. I think 
I don't think it would be either. And then normally what we've done in the past, where if a Tuesday doesn't work, we then shift the show to a Wednesday, but see the playoffs continue on Wednesday <laughs> and Thursday, essentially all through to the, the 25th, the weekend. So you and I got together. So we don't do a show, right? We're going to skip next week. <laughs> I mean, we could do that too. Uh, as no, long as actually, I'm still getting paid. Oh yeah. You're getting paid. I mean, now that Jordan's not here and I don't have to pay him, I can pay you again. Finally. <laughs> I understand there was some bad blood at the last episode when Jordan let the cat out of the bag that he was getting paid. Yeah, the collectors are at my doorstep already trying to, can, you know. I can imagine. But uh, on on topic, we're actually going to go and uh, do our playoff preview show next week on a special date and time. We're going to get together and record this show on a Monday, so you'll be able to listen to it Tuesday just in time to watch the first playoff match kickoff when the Shanghai Dragons take on the San Francisco Shock, and what Jordan had said was a very spicy choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but this show, we're, we're going to touch on the playoffs, everything that's going on, what we know so far, a little bit of Overwatch uh, 2 news, um, bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's start pushing the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! So I actually thought, you know, it would be good to to give a few of my thoughts on the performance of the Toronto Defiant. I mean, obviously I didn't have a, a chance to do so, and I'm not trying to to relive, uh, you know, what was a, a painful uh, end to the season. Um, but that first matchup against the Boston Uprising, uh, and, you know, specifically Mecha Base, where the Uprising had that map won, and... Uh, a very close one, too. Right. Like, and suddenly they didn't. And it felt to me that the uprising in that moment had their mental just snap. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think back to how the Toronto defiant had sort of put into to place this, this plan where, Hey, we're going to define a system. We're going to go and, and, and commit to it. And I, I will be the first to admit that there are times when I have, have come down hard on them. In my opinion, that, they, they hold on to this plan far too long, um, but they dictated the play against the uprising. And while the 3-0 was, you know, not indicative of the, the, the matches, I mean, the, it was almost like the reverse against the San Francisco Shock. Yeah, both of those matches, I guess, were closer than the score indicated. Exactly, but uh, you know, I thought the the Defiant did did really well to to accom or not accommodate, but to adapt to what the Uprising were throwing at them. And then the Uprising, as they had done against the uh, Vancouver Titans, uh, continued to choose slow. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you got Tracer getting you know two K three K pulses, slow ain't the the game for you. Um, now. Fast forward to the the matchup against the San Francisco Shock, and what was it? Um, no, they ended up on Numbani. What was the the map between uh, the second map? Because that's the one where they made wholesale changes, where they brought in. Um, well, they brought in Smurf it- for Super. Twilight came mm, in. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Was on Blizzard Oscar? World. No, it was Volskaya. No, Volskaya, yeah, 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 yeah. Volskaya, yeah. We got to see a whole lot of legs, and it, yeah, and on the legs. Yeah, it felt to me that the Toronto Defiant almost took a page out of the Boston Uprising's <laughs> book, right? Where the uh, shock were bringing, you know, 
functional speed and the defiant where, well, geez, this isn't going to work. Let's, let's bring some more slow, like that Sigma yeah. pick, uh, by Michelle on, uh, on the defense. I still don't understand the, the motivation there. Yeah. To me, and, and we talked about this with Jordan, like at the end of the watching these two uh, games, it looked like they are distinct three tiers with these three teams. And that's what mm-hmm. made the difference. Uh, albeit maybe the, the, difference is not that big but it's there and you know you you have to win the close the close matches and you have to win you know the not so close matches and that's what ultimately defined did with against boston and then mm-hmm. that's what the shock uh, were able to do against defined yeah although it felt to me that the and again when we think about tiers like you and jordan had talked about how really the toronto defiant are, are the gatekeeper team um especially after their poor performance of the season the the san francisco shock are a considerable tier above right um like they were they were in charge and dominant throughout um they also have a bench that allows them to go and adapt and the toronto defiant simply didn't have the, the same ability i am also going to agree with with you and uh, and jordan and really wonder why Aspire didn't find his way in into the the match, whether it be on the control map, mm-hmm. which is what we've seen Aspire tend to play, or at least when they went into Nambani, um, you know, I I feel that you know bringing his tracer into the mix doesn't maybe it doesn't change anything significantly, but it provides a a different look uh, and one that arguably the the shock will have probably prepared for but it requires the shock to adapt. Whereas when we look at that, that second match, the shock were the ones who were, were dictating play. Yes. But uh, yeah. it is what it is that a defiant uh, found themselves uh, on the outside looking in after on that match. And um, you know, if we were to consider is this season a success, I, I'd actually suggest it was. Uh, if we think back to when we talked to, to KDG um, the, the discussion was how they had a plan and they were looking to, to grow this, this team and, and, and build a program. Um, we've heard from Adam, Adam, who said something very similar. Mm-hmm. This is year one in a multi-year process. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are pieces that need to be adjusted on top of which overwatch two is the game that these, uh, these guys will be playing next time around. So that's, that's going to drastically you know, change the dynamic as well. And we'll get into a little bit uh, later on in the fray. Um, I think the Toronto Defiant are in a good place. They've got some really good, good problems to have, you know, and, and again, you and, and Jordan sort of broke that down last episode. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's all at the end of the day, a matter of expectations, what you set, you know, to achieve before the season has begun. And I do agree that there are, there is a core there that you don't want to, you know, completely destroy and rebuild uh compared to other teams that we will mm-hmm. talk about later but yeah there there's plenty of things that they can work on and I, I am fully expecting them to bounce back and have a a better season you know mm-hmm. whenever that comes yeah agree <clears throat> but uh moving uh, into the present um the, the two teams are obviously uh, getting to observe uh, the playoff action with the uh, eight teams that are in the mix. We'll get into it in the fray. 
Uh, but the, the Vancouver Titans uh, did something that I found was a nice gesture to their, their players. We saw at the start of the season, them providing the players care packages. Um, I believe the previous rosters have received a care package themselves, but um, what was provided sort of the start of the year, especially with it being a pandemic, that seemed to be more of a quote unquote care package. And, to commemorate the the season, they actually provided sort of plaques with all the player signatures. And I thought that was a nice gesture. It's a small thing. Yeah. But it's those small things that I think start to speak to an organization that is slowly, mm-hmm. you know, finding its way into the, the light. This is not to absolve them of all of the problems that they've uh, created for themselves over the years. But when we start to see the organization evolve and grow, I do believe it's important to give them credit. Sure. Like, it's a cool little gesture, even if it does feel a bit final, you know what I mean? Like, uh, a play commemorates something that's done, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings me back to what I said uh, about the Defiant. Like, this roster, uh, also the esports phase of Overwatch 1, we may not even see, I don't know, more than one or two players from this roster play yeah. next year. So it, there is some bittersweet uh, <laughs> touch to it. I, I guess like it's, it's a nice way to commemorate and maybe, you know, thank the players in a way or like, uh, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you spoke of it yourself as well. That's a, it's a neat little thing that I uh, appreciate the thought behind it. Yeah. Now on the topic of sort of, commemorations or awards um you and uh, our listeners might have heard about uh, the uh, game her award so gamer awards mm-hmm. but game her and um what it is is essentially it's a uh celebration of all the phenomenal uh, women that are in, involved uh in the the gaming industries as we know it um from you know development of games to the content creation that goes behind gaming to esports and and what have you and both the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant are are well uh, represented um you know first of all is is Chibi who uh is i believe the team coordinator for the Vancouver Titans i don't know her role you know accurately enough to Some, say that something I'm, in that vicinity um, but I, I kind of think she's what Alfred Devera was previously, mm-hmm. but she's up for a couple of awards, team brand ambassador and in, in community activation. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to get her name, her, her in-game uh, name wrong, but Solviage uh, from the Toronto Defiance up for best community manager. <laughs> and considering how often we talk about how the Toronto Defiant have really embraced their community and have looked to grow it, you know, Kudos to to her uh, and on on being given this opportunity. Now it's not a done deal. GB uh, and, and Sylvia they have not won the awards yet. It requires you to go out and, and cast your vote. But I think it would be phenomenal to see both of them recognized um, for for what it is that they have done for their respective organizations and and in turn how they are are showing you know you know young women and really you know anyone how there are opportunities in gaming i'm a father of a young girl and i would love for her to have the opportunities that these two are are creating like they're the ones who are opening doors for for those like my daughter yeah it's a breath of fresh air 
I think it's a cool, uh, very cool event that amplifies, you know, hard work and success of so many women in the gaming world. We usually talk about, you know, <laughs> the bad things that happen, unfortunately, because that's just the reality. And we always say about what needs to be done. And I, I feel like events just like that is, is, is a wonderful display and amplification, right? For all those who are involved. And I'm all for it. And I wish both the nominees from the Titans and Define good luck. And may they not only get the award, but, you know, continue flourishing and growing in their careers and bringing in more um, girls in the future or, or women from other industries into this world because uh, it sure needs it. Yeah, agreed. Now, obviously, there's more going on with the teams. Um there are contests, uh, sponsorship activations, but uh, a tweet that came through my timeline uh, today from the Titans had me a little bit curious. Um, this Friday, they're having a movie night with the Titans. Hmm. Um, so 6 p.m. Pacific, September 17th, that's Friday. Um, they are going to have a, a movie night. It says, join us in Discord for movie night with the Titans. Now, first of all, how exactly do you have a movie night? Like, are they going to go and stream a movie through discord? And if so, like I would imagine there are some rights issues there. <laughs> Is it a matter of, Hey everyone, hopefully you have a such and such streaming account. Let's go <laughs> forth and watch it together. Like I, I'm, I, again, I'm not, I'm not against the premise. I think it's kind of cool. They can pick um, something from the public domain. <laughs> maybe that's what they're doing. Um, uh, but the the one thing that that does you know have me scratching my head just a little bit is is that uh, you know it's kind of like they're doing a movie night in the absence of like a, a grand finals or playoffs watch party because yeah. you know the grand finals are the the following day. Yeah, it's it, interesting. Again, I, I you know is is sort of. You know what it is, or sorry, you know what? I'm going to walk that back. Doing my math in my head, the playoffs are next weekend. Oh. Everything I just said, ignore it. Yeah, I'm off it, my podcasting game. It's just rust. You'll be fine. Yeah, uh, but uh, no. If you want to learn more about it, uh, join Titans Cord. I, I I'm curious what movie it'll be. Links are made a comment on Twitter that the B movie is messed up, which <laughs> I I. I kind of feel is is a little off. The B movie was a good movie. B movie. I haven't watched that one. It's it's a good movie. Oh, the yeah. I I I didn't watch it, but I I am aware of its existence. I think like it came there was there were like a, a phase, I don't know what happened, but there was a phase of so many like bug movies coming out like yes. bugs, life, bugs life and yeah. something of ants was also coming out yeah uh, oh, i see it has 4.3 that's pretty high no it's it's it's, <laughs> a, it's a good movie oh like rotten tomatoes don't like it though 49 percent. Oh, whatever let's hear what the critics consensus is b movie <laughs> has humorous moments but it's awkward premise and tame delivery render it mostly forgettable <laughs> I have never forgotten about it. <laughs> well, you see, you're, that's why you're not a critic. Uh, that's true. 
Um, but uh, yeah, obviously you want to follow Toronto Defiant Vancouver Titans if you want to stay up to date as to what they're doing on the social media. Um, or obviously you can just wait for us to tell you all about it each and every week. Uh, but that's it. That's all that's going on in the role of the Defiant and the Titans for now. Um, stay tuned, obviously, if anything happens between now and the next episode, which will come a day earlier because we're going to preview the playoffs then. Uh, we will be the first to tell you. We'll take ourselves a short break here and then dive into the fray. playoffs playoffs Playoffs. they are upon us not this weekend which is what i thought moments ago happened to be the case even though it's two weeks (laughs) off my game it happens but uh, if for some reason you have been uh completely disconnected uh there are eight teams that have made the playoffs those eight teams are the washington justice dallas fuel philadelphia fusion los angeles gladiators san francisco shock shanghai dragons and the atlanta rain and chengdu hunters uh, the NA teams, they have found their way to Hawaii, uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, project Aloha, but what I wasn't entirely clear on are the Asian pack teams going there too, or are they playing on ping? I think they're all going, are they not? Well, see, this is the thing that, that had me and I, I don't know for certain i've been spending a bit of time this afternoon trying to figure it out there was all of this discussion when the in-person events weren't going to happen that uh, you know one of the problems was with the in, in sort of fourth wave and the delta yeah. variant of the pandemic that uh, the uh, one travel um and logistics would be an issue and two, the acquisition of visas to enter the country would be also problematic. Mm-hmm. Now, if that isn't the case, why go to Hawaii as opposed to let's say Los Angeles? And, and again, like when you think about flights, like I can't imagine there are as many flights into Hawaii for, you know, the Philadelphia fusion, the Chengdu hunters, the, the Shanghai dragons to, to take, right? Like it's, it, it just has me wondering, are they playing on a ping? Are we, are we seeing sort of the experience that we saw before? Maybe because they already have their uh, system set up in there and it makes sense to just, you know, do the same thing they have done through the stages and, some sort of comfort with not trying something uh, new again in this tumultuous time. I'm just speculating, but maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing, like I'm on, on the overwatch league website where it's talking about the playoffs and it previously talked about the Dallas event and the, uh, the LA event. Uh, obviously those two are canceled, but it talks about uh, the determination of births. And Mm -hmm. then once the eight playoff teams are finalized, they will be seeded into a double elimination playoff bracket based on their overall league points earned and placement within the region with play matches beginning September 21st via project Aloha in Hawaii. Hmm. 
catchy name though. It is. Um, but again, I, I, I don't know for certain. Unclear. But there are very exciting games that are coming out. So there are. Um, we'll again get into sort of the, the preview of the, the matches in our next episode, but yeah. sort of to quickly touch on uh, who is, is playing who. Uh, you have the uh, number one seed, Shanghai Dragons. Pick the San Francisco Shock. <laughs> and I mean, Jordan, he, he commented about how he really liked this because it's about, you know, two really good teams, you know, going head to head. Although one might argue, well, if the Shanghai Dragons are picking the San Francisco Shock as, a, as the good team, why didn't they pick the Atlanta Reign? Yeah. Right? Being the number five it's seed. Not, I'm it's not, it's not the Shanghai Dragons, but the Chad High Dragons. Such yeah. a boss move. Um, you know, I, I was listening to sort of your discussion, uh, with him about it and it got me wondering that Shanghai choose the shock to eliminate the potential of a shock team on a roll, potentially knocking them out. So consider this, let's say the Shanghai dragons were to lose to the San Francisco shock. While that would be problematic for the dragons, it puts them into a loser's bracket where the um, dragons don't have to see the shock until they're sort of well on their way. Like it, it, it sort of takes them out of the picture. Conversely, if the dragons were to win and the shock go down to the uh, loser's bracket again, yeah, the chance of those two teams matching up um, is, is sort of well down the, the road. And, and I, I, I mean, it could be like wrinkly brain, Play, or it could be me just overcomplicating what's a very simple issue and the dragons yeah. think they match up against the shock well but it's spicy pick spicy pick and i and i get your theory but there's one like issue i have at it because i feel like this season is it's super open and there are multiple like contenders and and mm-hmm. below that the teams that we have that might not be like prime contenders like the fusion or the glads or or, or justice are pretty dangerous in their own right and uh i don't know i don't know if they had thought us through that much into like oh well we'll see them a bit later or we're we the risk of going down to the losers bracket is is not that great i think it's just like you know plainly putting it on the table and starting to the mind games early and maybe they do think that they have something that will work better against the shock than you know as opposed to playing like a team like the rain or, or Chung do who knows, who knows really it's, it's pretty crazy. I really like it. There's, there's good energy going in. It's the oh, last yeah. big tourney we have on overwatch one officially. And, and yeah. the meta is in a good state too. So we're bound to see, you know, one last epic display of overwatch for sure. Well, and I, you know, you talk about it as an epic display. I think we're going to see epic displays, right? You know, culminating yeah, into yeah. that, that many that games will be grand good. final for sure. Um, you know, we we you hit the nail on the head. There are, are some very compelling teams that are going to be involved. Uh, you know, Dallas, Washington. That should be a spicy match. Um, although one might suggest that Houston should be there instead of Washington. Um, Chengdu is facing off against Atlanta. LA Glads are taking on the uh, Philadelphia Fusion in another spicy yeah, matchup. Yeah, both teams that are on the uprise as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a whole lot of 
a very compelling Overwatch League action. And as you pointed out, the final hurrah to send Overwatch 1 uh, on its way, uh, maybe for the professional side, uh, who knows what you and I will be playing on come this time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but why might you want to watch the uh, Overwatch League uh, playoffs beyond the fact that you're going to see some very compelling Overwatch League action? Uh, well, what I get if you're on the East Coast, you'd be like, Chris, it, they're in Hawaii, so like the times here are crazy. Like If I want to watch Match 4 on September 21st, it's going to be 11.30 p.m. Eastern. I get that. But there is an incentive for you to do so. There are perks that can be had if you were to watch the playoffs. So the playoffs and grand finals each have their own independent perks. So what are the playoff perks? Well, the playoff perks is if you watch three hours of action, you're going to get a Reinhardt Soldier 76 and Torbjorn skin. If you watch six hours of action, you've got those th- first three, and you'll get an additional three in uh, Junkrat, uh, Roadhog, and Sombra. Mm-hmm. And if you watch nine hours of playoff action, you're going to get an additional three skins on top of those first six. You'll get Doomfist, Hanzo, and everyone's favorite Huckleberry. Wow. That's like, pardon my language, but a huge dump of of, uh, viewership awards. Right? I mean, it's a ton of skins. And and these are exclusive. Like, you you don't watch, you don't get. Um, Now, wouldn't it be kind of surreal if all of the cosmetics were not to transition over to overwatch too <laughs> yeah well now you gotta unlock them again introducing the battle pass yeah true that um but for the grand finals they have perks as well watch 30 minutes of the grand final you get a spray a commemorative spray you watch an hour of the grand finals you get an orissa skin a fara skin and a symmetra skin and if you watch two hours of the Grand Finals, you get a Genji skin, a Moira skin, a Reaper skin, and 100 Owl tokens. Now, in the unlikely event that the Grand Final doesn't go two hours. <laughs> uh, 4-0? I'm gonna, oh, wow. I'm going pre- to presume that it also includes the, the sort of coverage ahead of the, mm-hmm. the final. Also, don't forget that those 100 Owl tokens are on top of what you're getting already, so... Yeah, the, the, but you're only getting like was it three or four an hour? I uh, I think it's more than that. Like a, after a whole day, you get like thirty, like a normal day, and that's even longer. So okay, um, but uh, yeah, a whole lot of cosmetic action just by tuning in and watching. And don't be like me, where <laughs> you go in and watch on like your TV without uh. being logged in and, and that. I do what I do. I just put it, I watch it on TV as well, but I open it on my PC, like put it to 144p quality, mute it and close the monitor and uh, go back to the living room. Yeah. Um, you and Jordan already talked about it. Um, make sure you get your uh, Overwatch League picket, uh, playoff bracket pickums in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to go and you got to pick right through. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's complex. It's huge. Uh, and it's not only picking the winners, but picking the map differential, picking the winners of the loser, like it is subsequent right down to the end. And it's locked in. Like once <laughs> it's in, it's in. You have, as of we're recording right now, six days, 21 hours, 17 minutes and 18 seconds. 
I already locked mine up, and I'm going to talk about it like for next episode, the preview when we preview it. And I don't know if it's a if it's a good thing for me that it's locked up. I used my gut a lot instead of my brain, and it's so wild. Well, you've got Chengdu winning it all, don't uh, you? Not Chengdu, but not who you might think as well. Like I, I think it's like a dark horse pick for sure. Okay. Hey, you know what? The wrinkliest of brains are the ones <laughs> who pull off the uh, the big win. Yeah, nobody knows. There's always upsets, anyways. So. Yeah, that is that is so very very true. Um, what else is going on in the world of the Overwatch League? Well, KSF has uh, announced that he has retired officially, um, formerly of the Houston Outlaws. Uh, he let it be known that uh, he's going to focus on himself. Um, just felt that uh, he needed to to take a step back. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, we've talked about this on on any episode where a player goes and says, "We're I'm going to focus on myself. I'm going to." you know, do this for my own mental well-being, And, uh, you know, I applaud him for, for stepping up and saying, Hey, here's what I, I have to do. Um, I didn't put in the, the notes, but, uh, Arachne is, uh, also, uh, not, I don't think he's retiring. He's simply withdrawing from, uh, the professional side because he is yeah. going to go and, uh, complete his military service. Yeah. You don't want to hold that off too, too long. And for KSF, like sadly, one of those players who never got enough opportunity to show us what he's truly capable of always, you know, being on that bench behind a stack DPS lineup. I mean, there's so much talent out there really. And, and we know like it's, it's always saddens me that if COVID didn't happen, like Overwatch League would at this point probably have 30 teams like they planned originally. Uh, but you know, it doesn't there matter. Really. Thirty teams. That was the plan originally. Yeah, yeah. to do another Crazy. big expansion after like. Yeah. Well, I, I would be curious if they could even get there anywhere near there now. I mean, the, yeah, the money is just not uh, flowing. I think we'll see. As, we'll see. We'll and that's see. not. I mean, obviously, pandemic plays into that, yeah. but uh, you know, the the league itself is in a in an. Yeah, if they get well, like one more no, season or Overwatch two, and that can still be a success, so that's already hmm. like a, a good achievement considering the circumstances. Yeah, and uh, you know, you and Jordan actually talked a little bit about this last week, yeah. where you know the news comes out that uh, there's not going to be a year long hiatus, and um, I actually wonder how much the Overwatch League ownership group, so like the team, individual teams, and the owners were able to compel Activision Blizzard to maybe move things ahead. Like it is kind of surreal that they'll be playing on an early version of overwatch too. Like, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it won't work because we truly don't know, but uh, like if, if the game is, is an early version, that's not yet ready for release for us. The masses are they doing the, the beta testing for us? Because that would be kind of cool that the <laughs> pros go and do the beta testing yeah. and get the balanced launch. Right? April? I, I mean, it should it should start uh, coming, you know, this, the regular cycle of news and alphas uh, earlier than we had anticipated for sure. Like, uh, And to your comments, like money talks at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. If you want to move mountains, better <laughs> open that bank account and... These, uh, you know, ownership teams, individuals, companies, they, they have uh, the proper resources to actually make these changes happen. They sure do. They sure do. Leverage. Yeah. 
The uh, final thing I wanted to touch on, and this actually came uh, from the uh, the Overwatch forums. It actually came from a, a blue post, which uh, blue post. A, uh, Andy, their community manager, wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, about uh, So essentially a, a person posted this on the forums. Says, Why do people think tanks are getting buffed 5v5? So, you know, just a, I don't know, would this be like a random post? Like, um, <laughs> you know. Burn after reading? Yeah, kind of like, you know, it's just any conversation that you'll see in, on the uh, the Blizzard forums. And uh, anyhow, the the post from, from Andy, the community manager, um, suffice to say uh, was interesting. I think would be a good way to put it. Um, so... <laughs> Rewind a little bit. When did we learn that the game was going to become 5v5? Well, essentially when they did that that live stream. Right. And they had Super talking about it, and they say it's going to be 5v5. And, and Super, smart kid, uh, I think he's got a, a career in your sports beyond professional play. I think he'll be good in the, the analyst booth and, and what have you. Or even as a content creator, you could see the reaction like, okay, interesting. And he, he tried to maintain uh, an open mind. Right. I mean, I think he genuinely was trying like, okay, tell me more. We can't say that was the feeling through the professional scene completely. Um, and the community is obviously been up in arms. Myself included. <laughs> yeah. And there has always been this thought, no, the, the development team at, uh, at Overwatch, they're going to listen to this. They're going to hear how disruptive 5v5 will be, how dropping that, that one tank will be. And uh, they won't do it. They won't do it. Well, based on what Andy shared, having talked to a hero design and balance team about the thread, five e five is a thing. In fact, five e five is 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 so much of a thing right now that they're talking about how they're going to go and start reworking heroes yeah. to accommodate there being one less tank. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, up in arms like before, and the more I think about it, you know, time goes by, and I and I accept it, and now I I see a little bit of the positives there. I I read about the adjustments, and five five v five, it will live and die by how successful the one tank configuration will be, because obviously hmm. that's the biggest change, and you know we have tank players about, we have we have you as an example who like mains Reinhardt, but you play you know mystery heroes for the most part but if you take the whole overwatch player base it's it's apparent that the tank queues are the shortest because you have the smallest amount and people don't find them as engaging to play not as rewarding a thankless experience of being you know just every single cc if, especially if you play a ryan for example like the oldest or the most let's say traditional uh, sense of what a tank used to be in overwatch one that yeah. big hulking shield. And he talked about how they're going to like step away from that, from just being a shield. And that was in response to people thinking like, okay, tanks are going to be OP right now because, well, what do you do? You will normally we, in our reality of Overwatch one, it was usually the buffing of the HP or the shield. And, and he says, no, it's going to be the other way. And that's when I started thinking a little bit out of the box, like, like he claims. And, and, Clearly, tweaks are required all around. 
And I like what I read, and here's why. Like, my take on it is what they're saying is that on one hand, they want tanks to be more engaging, right? But on another, they're also nerfing the, their capabilities of tanking, specifically. Mm-hmm. So they're making them a little bit uh, a bit less tanky and more versatile. So uh, more maybe more DPS, maybe more mobility, maybe more uh, a way for them to be in that fight in those trenches and not just like hey everybody stand behind me and you cannot rely anymore for that tank to just you know do the dirty the garbage work all the time and i think we're gonna see that most tanks will become more complex like a a hybrid between what is uh we usually refer to as a flex or a main tank a hybrid build like sigma or ball i remember when sigma came out the even the developer said, hey, he's a main tank, and, and lo and behold, he was suddenly played as a flex tank just because his his, his uh, kit is so complex and he can do so many things. And I think what you know makes Sigma and Ball so different and stand apart from you know the older builds, because notice that these are also the, la- the la- latest heroes that they released in that category, is that they are way less reliant on the team, but the team is also way less reliant on them because they cannot just hide behind them and and that's why they need to do more and be more mobile and and they are therefore uh, more engaging to play so i do like the fact that in 5v5 everyone's impact and sense of agency will grow for better for worse uh sometimes it'll be probably harder you know when you lose a game and you feel like more responsibility and stuff like that but i feel like the most frustrating part in overwatch is those games where you feel like your gameplay has zero impact on the game, regardless of the outcome, right? It doesn't matter if you won or lost. Obviously, losing feels worse, but you want to feel that impact. And and this change, I think, will mitigate that experience because you will have to play smarter because shields are not going to be always there and D.Va will not be able to suck up all the damage all the time. And, and there won't be like two uh, tanks and you constantly look at one tank and say, oh, that... That's the guy who's holding us back and stuff like that. So I feel like players will have to improve, but in a natural way, they'll be forced to like hide behind uh, 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 covers more. They'll be on the lookout for uh, flankers a bit more and not just like turn off your, your brain and just go in with the tank like a death ball scenario. And I, and I feel like why they brought up the heroes that they uh, brought up is that they'll clearly need a rework because flanking will become much deadlier and you don't want those oh, yeah. heroes that you can't really do anything about. Imagine you're stranded in like, as a, like a Zenyatta or something and, and a Doom comes onto you. You can't do nothing right now. So that's... Well, no, you can totally do something. You could just jump off the map if there's a <laughs> yeah, Just jump so. off. Hope he follows. That's the best you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you touched on the, there being a rework of many of the flanking heroes. Uh, one that wasn't mentioned here and I was trying to find it so I, I apologize that uh, I, I didn't share events. Apparently, Brig's going to lose her stun. Huh. Like, Brig is actually going to get a rework as well. And, I, you know, I find that interesting that if they're going to go and adjust, like, flanking heroes like Tracer or Doom, what have you, um, if Brig loses their stun, that's interesting. I mean, is that a trade-off? Or, or is that just to, as someone said, make the game yeah. fun again? I don't know. Her stun... It's maybe they should make it like to a light boop instead of a stun. Like it can, I don't know. I don't, I'm not yeah. a developer. I don't know how these things sure. affect. You, I can obviously toss lots of ideas up in the air, but yeah. Um, 
On that note of the tanks, though, because you'd sort of brought up Reinhardt. You know, I don't play Reinhardt as a tank. I, I play Reinhardt as a, a right. damage hero. Um, and I, <laughs> I think I am the type of player that the Reinhardt changes are being built for. Like, uh, yeah, you don't stand behind my shield because it's going to go down. I might not even put it up. But you want to swing that hammer. They're, they're, you know, I'm going to get a double charge. I'm going to be able to stop it. Or I'm going to get double fire strike. Sorry. And I'm going to stop my charge. Like I'm, I'm going to get the hammer. That's going to be a little bit to, you know, tougher. So like, I, I like that, but then you consider other heroes and he talks about how, um, uh, tanks like diva wrecking ball, Winston, they're, they're going to see some adjustments. Um, diva, you had mentioned you not being able to gobble up all that damage. I kind of think they might, they might provide defense matrix, the ability to, to gobble up. Cause you think about it. Uh, you know, Reinhardt has a shield that blocks. Yeah. So if Diva had a, a matrix buff that allowed her to to gobble up a little bit more or more frequently, that's cool. But I think what the utility we might see is that the defense matrix completely shuts her down. Like she is standing there, like a yeah, she can know, do like much. A, you know, like a, a turret or something. But defense matrix is sort of in that direction. Maybe like um, omnidirectional, like a sphere. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, they're like, but like limited mobility yeah. by putting it to use or something like that. Um, Winston, I'm going to presume we'd probably see the, you know, maybe the bubble have, you know, some, I'm just going to say support yeah. effect, but, but like, like something that would give their, you know, provide Winston more ability yeah. to stay. And they already showed like him getting uh projectile ability too, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Um, the one that I am genuinely curious is, is ball. Like you think about all of the different tank heroes mm -hmm. ball is, is tanky only because of his, his health really. Yeah. Like, and the shield, but yeah, that's essentially his health too. Yeah. Like, I mean, but he, like you don't with, with ball, you're not going and popping his shield to suck up the damage, you know, for the rest of your team, you're doing that to, to, prolong a stall or to get the heck out of dodge to yeah. come back like it's i i'm i'm wondering what they'll do with a, a hero like ball especially when they're talking about the you know adjustment of flanking heroes that's what ball is he's a, a flanking tank yeah he's a disruptor he's definitely one of their most unique designs for sure yeah uh, you know a little bit off the rails i play a lot of mr heroes as you mentioned I've really come to appreciate Ball. Oh yeah, he's so fun to play. Like I at first when I when he was launched, like, oh man, I don't like this hero. But then he has a learning now, curve to him though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like I I, <laughs> I kid you not, every so often someone will be like, It really sucks when someone gets their main like that. No one could you know, get rid <laughs> of that ball. And I'm like, man, little do you know who my main is, but oh <laughs> anywho, um, Obviously, more. it's like you're able to charge all the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. Oh, and uh, I'm a support hero. I can go and get to those uh, megas pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, more news will obviously come out over time about uh, Overwatch Two. He and he sort of, you know, summarizes his post by, uh, um, you know, uh, saying that, you know, there's more to be seen keep an open mind. You know, I understand the frustration, but I think, you know, people are, are worried about something that isn't significant. I'm not, I'm not against the 5v5. I mean, we talked about this when it first came out, like my mind 5v5 sort of makes sense. I could see the utility of having 
sort of a play style that it has just the one tank. But uh, um, I'm also, I'm not a pro. I'm not a competitive player. I'm a, I am the casual that they might be building the game for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, it, I, this also is like a great place to, to state that like, the, the biggest games you have to attract the casual gamer. Like we'll have obviously the the esports uh, aficionados and all the, the 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 players, but to bring in the crowds, to bring in the big success, that's what you got to have. And Overwatch has had a huge mainstream presence when it came out, and it just dwindled and dwindled. And yeah, that's what we yeah. need right now, probably the most. Yeah, agreed. Anywho. That is everything that uh, we had available to talk about uh, this week. Uh, just a reminder as we let off the top of the show, we're going to be back next week a day early so that we can properly introduce the, the playoffs, talk mm-hmm. about uh, the uh, the four matches of that particular day and the subsequent matches that Omni has already locked in, having the Chengdu Hunters winning the grand finals, 4-0. <laughs> yeah, probably. But... Uh, but no, I think it's uh, been a solid episode, and it's been nice uh, getting uh, back in the saddle, despite uh, a few uh, rusty bits where I <laughs> don't know what day it is and when the league actually uh, plans to operate. Well, that's that's my norm. Like for you to stumble there for sure. That's that's an odd one, but you know, it's all good. Um, if you happen to be uh, looking for more about our show, readysetpwn.com is back online. The website's live. It's a little bit different. The blog feels gone. It's it's just more, you know, the podcast. Not that we were really using the, the blog uh, since uh, essentially the, the first season. But uh, but no, I've, I've learned some tough lessons as to what happens when you change hosts and uh, they uh, delete everything before your billing's up. <laughs> yeah that's a good good um tip mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, check it out readysetbone.com um if you feel you can do better um we're always looking for volunteers <laughs> uh, but uh no i mean i i essentially pulled a a template uh off of github i started to to tweak it and and such and and made some magic happen so mm-hmm. Hopefully you all like it. Uh, you can find the podcast in every podcast application out there, including iHeartRadio. I wonder if we have any iHeartRadio listeners. Luckily, all that's backed up on all the platforms. And we don't have to it, depend on our, you know, on us actively backing it up. Yeah, true that. Um, and if you would be ever so kind, leave us a review. Tell us how the show has been. How has it impacted you? Uh, do you still tune in even though you might not follow the teams we talk about or potentially the, the league itself? Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can drop us a review on any of your favorite podcast platforms that allow for them or podchaser.com slash ready set pones, another location. And if you just want to tell us directly, you want to join RSP discord. That's discord.io slash ready set pone. Uh, but uh, Omni, what, uh, what final words of uh, wisdom do you have for all of our listeners? I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, Omni, I actually have a question for you. Oh, here we go. Why did the elephants get kicked out of the pool? Why did the elephant what? 
Why did the elephants get kicked out oh. of the pool? Why? Because their trunks kept falling down. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. <laughs> I know it's good to be back in the saddle as I, as I said, yeah, for sure. We, we used to actually provide <laughs> sound words of wisdom, but I feel we've gone to an even better place now. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're evolving. Yeah. Um, thanks again to, to J- Jordan, sir, Dr. JM on, uh, the, uh, the Twitter sphere and on social as well as in discord uh, for filling in. You can find him obviously hosting one man Watchpoint. I believe he has an episode uh, going live this week, uh, having filled in for me. Um, if you like what you heard here, you could probably like a whole lot more. It's just him, though. No Omni or Light Force to, to balance it off. But uh, let us know if uh, you uh, want him to come back for a future show. Or maybe there's someone else you'd like uh, to hear. Again, let us know wherever you can. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris, at Light Force, I'm going to sign off this episode with those words that I haven't been talking about the last couple of weeks. Catchphrase. Thank you.